Hi, everybody. Good morning and welcome to the DBIP Group Live Innovators Q&A with Amir and Victoria, bringing you guys answers to everyday intellectual property questions around patents, trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets. We're a daily show. This is episode number 67 coming at you guys strong Monday through Friday. If you guys have questions about intellectual property, send them over to Victoria. You can email her at Victoria to DBIP.com, Victoria at DBIP.com. And also we have a community number. Please text us at 415-943-5193, 415-943-5193. You guys text that number. You'll have direct access to me. I will reply and I will hopefully, if you guys have a question, I'll try to get an answer on the show. So we've been doing a lot of really, really awesome episodes on how you guys can go about filing your trademark applications for your mobile application. Uh, I'm going to start off by letting Victoria tell us about what we did yesterday, which is a little unusual, but kind of fun and kind of cool. Uh, so go ahead, Victoria. Um, yesterday, we looked at all of Donald Trump's marks. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I think it was like, what, 286 or something. And um, live, it was like 68 live marks. So I showed you guys how you guys can do a search uh, for an individual registrant. And what we, what we saw was that he had a lot of trademarks registered under his personal name that were later assigned to a company, DTTM Operations out of Delaware. So pretty cool episode. Go back and watch episode 66. I think um, I, one thing that, that's really cool about trademarks is that you can learn a lot about an individual or a business just by seeing what marks they file on. And what's also interesting is to see which ones they abandon and which ones they pursue. So you can get a lot of information, a lot of business intelligence just out of that. And again, remember, trademark applications are all public record immediately. So there's absolutely no confidentiality. So pretty interesting, pretty interesting. I think I've told you guys this in the past, but patents are different. Patents remain, remain confidential until they publish or issue. Um, and some patent applications never publish. For example, if you file a non-publication request, then your patent application will not publish until it issues. So what I'm basically saying is is that once a company files a patent it may not be become public for a few years so it's uh, something to keep in mind um trademarks are not like that the day the instant you file it's going to be on on the trademark search database so i will let victoria get our show started for today so victoria, why don't you tell us what today's question of the day is today's question is how does my company file a ts plus trademark application on a mobile applications logo before we release it so this is a really, really cool topic because what this content is going to show you guys how to do is it's actually going to show you guys how to start protecting your intellectual property before you even write a single line of code. So if you guys have a logo idea for your mobile app, you can start the application process even before you have something to submit to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. So again, this, is, this, this should be really useful. Uh, we're going to do it from the perspective of a company. We did a series of episodes where it was from the perspective of an individual. So we're going to go back and we're going to show you guys how you guys can do it for your company. So the first step is to start off by going to tsdr.uspto.gov. Um, and again, uh, I'm already at, actually, I will, I will start, I will start from scratch just to show you guys. So let me go ahead and add to my stream. So I'm going to go to tsdr.uspto.gov. And once I'm here, what you want to do is you want to click on file online 
And then you want to click on initial application forms. And then you guys want to click on start your application in TS. Now, one thing I want to point out, I am um, already logged into USPTO.gov. So that's why it takes me directly to this page. If you were not logged in, then what it would do is it would actually prompt you to log into USPTO.gov. So I just wanted to point that out. If you guys are doing this on your own and you guys don't get to this page, um, I'm not pulling a fast one on you. You just have to log in first. So I was already logged in. All right. So we're going to do the plus today. Again, I, I've, I've spent a lot of time doing content on both. It's just some people really want to say that extra 50 bucks. I get it. So this is how you guys can do it. If you guys really want to say 50 bucks, just click, click TS plus instead of the TS standard. Um, now, again, 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 what, I'm, what I want to stress is if you can afford the extra 50 bucks, go for it. It's, it's well worth it because you have full flexibility and latitude to put in your own description of goods and services. The TS plus, however, is going to limit you in terms of what you're able to put into the description of goods and services. So I've selected the TS plus. I'm going to do it from the perspective of the company. So I'm going to do it from the perspective as, as if it were my LLC, my limited liability company. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and click continue. And now I'm going to input the trademark owner information. Now the, the trademark owner is the entity or individual that's responsible for the nature and quality of the goods. So in this case, it's going to be my company. So I'm going to go ahead and input my company in the owner of the mark section, and then I'm going to select the entity type. So I'm going to select limited liability company. It's going to prompt me to now input where the, the LLC was registered. So when I scroll down, it's going to say, it's going to give me an option. So um, I'm, I'm super zoomed in here, really just for you, for your guys' benefit. I hope this helps you guys so you guys can actually see what I'm doing. But I'm going to go ahead and select California. Um, now, mailing address, I'm going to go ahead and put our co-working space. Um, and again, you guys are going to get mail to here, so just keep that in mind. Um, if you guys are the applicant, eventually, eventually you're going to hopefully get a registration certificate. So just keep that in mind. But all other correspondence is going to be by email, fortunately. So they make that they make that easy. Now, phone number is not required. Again, if you have a, a customer or a, or a front-facing phone number. It's not a big deal to put it in, but again, I know a lot of people like to keep this information private. They want to get off scam lists, so to avoid spam, um, I makes complete sense to me. If you guys uh, do not want to input your your phone number, I'm going to go ahead and put in our email. And again, the website address is not required, but I'm going to go ahead and put it in anyways. Now I'm going to click continue. It's going to give me a warning. It's going to say, "Hey, you didn't input your your phone number." Again, not required. The patent office is sorry. The trademark office is going to have my email address, so if they need to get a hold of me, they're going to be able to through the email. Now I'm going to go ahead and click continue, and now it's going to prompt me to input the mark information, uh, the actual mark. So now, what we were doing in the past, so the, the last two that we did for the company, we did standard character marks. Now we're going to switch to special form marks. So I'm going to click special form, and it's going to bring me in, bring up another form. So let me show you the cool mark that uh, Victoria came up with. Give me a second. I'll pull it up now so you can see. Cool. So this is the Wheelbound app, and this is the Wheelbound app logo. And quite possibly, it might be the icon, depending on how design goes. So we're going to go ahead and proceed with filing an intent to use Trademark application on this logo here. Uh, so what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to select it. Now, the one big thing that I want to remind everybody is there are pixel requirements um, for for logos. And so at, what you guys are going to notice here is that 
I have the minimum bounds and the maximum bounds. So no one dimension can be less than 250 pixels, and no one dimension can be greater than 200, uh, greater than 944 pixels. Again, I also recommend that you submit grayscale black and white images, and JPEG or PDFs are required. So JPEG or PDFs. Now, one thing I want to point out: if color really is truly something that makes you guys distinctive, is that if that's really, really a source identifying part of your mark then you might want to consider filing an application on the color as well. It is possible to file a color on a, a trademark on color. So, and you're, we're going to actually see that down below. Now, one thing, one thing I, uh, I'll, I point out is that I actually, uh, I didn't make a mistake, but, um, I didn't convert the JPEG to, uh, a black and white. So let me, so if you guys would bear with me for a quick second, I'm just going to go ahead and, Flip the saturation all the way so that it uh, it will look like grayscale. Give me a quick second. Okay, now it's grayscale. Okay, so I'm gonna click save it. Okay, now um, and just in case you guys are wondering what I did, I went ahead and turned it into black and white. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and click. I'm gonna attach this file. This is our logo. I'm going to click attach. Now you have to click attach, otherwise it won't actually be attached to the application. So it's not good enough to just choose it. You actually have to click attach. And you know that it's attached successfully because you're eventually going to see the mark. You're going to see a little thumb, a thumbnail of the mark. So that's how we know we successfully entered it in here. Now, they're going to they're gonna ask you to input the literal element. So we're going to go ahead and put in basically literal element. What they mean by this is the text in the logo. So in this case, I'm just going to go ahead and type in the word mark of the logo. So wheel bound. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and click uh, that I'm not claiming color as a feature of the mark. Now, again, 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 if you guys actually have a source identifying color of your mark that you think is important to protect, then obviously you're going to want to consider filing a color, uh, color trademark. And you might even consider filing both a color application and a grayscale application. So just keep that in mind. Now, this is where we actually have to input what the mark consists of. So this is a description of the mark. So I'm going to go ahead and say that it is the words. So remember, they, they, they already provide this language for you that consists of. So don't retype that in. <clears throat> so just type in consists of the word, wheel bound, about enclosed within a visual design of a wheel. How about that? I don't know why, how I, how I got into the all caps game. Uncap that. Enclosed within a visual design of a wheel. There we go. And again, they're going to add the period for us automatically, so don't input it. Otherwise, you're going to have two, two periods in your description. Now, again, um, really simple. So you're going to upload your image again, input the literal elements, check the box claiming that you're not claiming color as a feature, and then you're going to input the description of the logo. Okay. Then I'm going to go ahead and click continue. And now this is the part where we actually input the goods and services. So uh, I'm going to bring Victoria back on so she can give us some input. But um, again, I want to remind you guys, you are limited to the TS plus descriptions of goods and services. So you cannot enter freeform text like you can with this TS standard application. So that's one of the drawbacks of doing TS plus. That's why I highly encourage all of you to file TS standard and pay the extra $50. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and click add goods and services. 
Um, now, once I do that, it's going to take me to a pay a form. Now, this is kind of confusing because it doesn't really give you all that much. But basically, once you start searching for stuff, that's when you get all the useful information. So I'm going to go ahead and click mobile, type in mobile application and click go. Now, once I do that, it's going to present with me with a lot of cool options. So um, downloadable applications, mobile applications for booking taxis, educational mobile applications. Anyways, all these options. Now, the ones that you, I encourage you to look for are the ones that have curly braces with bold text. Now, why do I say that? Well, I say that because the options that have curly braces with bold text actually lets you guys input your own text in place of that. So again, really useful tool. Um, this is the one that I've been using right here, downloadable computer application software for mobile phones, namely software for, and then saying like what, what the app does. Um, and again, there's a lot of good options though. Uh, it's not, that's, this isn't the only one, but again, one thing you're gonna notice, these are gonna be under class nine because they're downloadable software. See if we find something different. Mix it up, Victoria. Here we go. Let's do this one today. Downloadable mobile applications for. So super broad, super broad. So you're going to check the box. And again, I know just by reading this that I'm going to be able to input whatever I want after four. So let's do this one. And then just you click insert checked entries. Once you do that, it's going to bring this box up here and you're going to actually be able to fill it in. So, um, Tori, why don't you come back on and help us out real quick? Sure. Um, how about a music composing app? For music composition, is that does that work? Sure. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Now, once I click um, insert checked entries, um, wait. What am I doing? Let's see. Yeah, insert checked entries. So now it adds it to my application. Now, one thing you're going to note, we have to now indicate in a, a filing basis, but again, here's our nice downloadable mobile applications for music composition. So again, um, anything after the curly braces, we got to input ourselves. So really useful. Um, now I'm going to go ahead and click section 1B because we haven't yet released the mobile app to the mobile app to the, to the app store. Um, now again, we're going to do content if you guys have already released it, you would do what's called a section 1A application. But since we haven't yet released it in our hypothetical, we're going to do a section 1B application. So I'm going to go ahead and click um, check the box. Now, one thing I want to point out is this information, you should actually read it if you guys are doing this. You should read everything. Um, but I'll just quickly paraphrase it for you, but it is important that you guys understand what you're doing. So you're filing an intent to use trademark application which means that you have a bona fide intent to use the mark in commerce and that you're eventually going to have to submit what's called an allegation of use. Also, some people call it a statement of use, but it's proof that you're actually using the mark in commerce. So 
The thing to understand is that this intent to use trademark application that we're preparing right now is never going to turn into a US trademark unless you file a statement of use um, and which includes proof of use. Now that proof of use, what they call that in the trademark office is a specimen. So you're gonna eventually have to submit a specimen and a fee, it's $100 per class at the moment. So we have one class of goods, class nine. So eventually in, in addition to the 225, you're gonna have to pay another 100 and submit a specimen. That could be a screenshot showing your logo on the mobile app store where you actually download the application. So just keep that in mind. Um, read what you're what you're actually committing to so just understand what's going on so again this is a section 1b application and i'm going to go ahead and click assign filing basis now once we get to here um what we'll notice is that this is now filled in so it has an assigned filing basis um and again it's for class 9 and the goods and services are downloadable mobile applications for music composition so i'm going to go ahead and click continue and now we are almost done with the process. So now this, this is the part where we actually input our, our docket number. So I'm gonna go ahead and input uh, docket number. I'm gonna call it three. Um, I used one and two, I believe, for the word marks. And again, it's a really good idea to include any team members in the correspondence. So if you have like uh, partners or teammates uh, or assistants, or just anyone that's involved in the trademark process, it's a good idea to keep them in the loop. Um, that way nothing slips through the cracks. Whenever you get an office action from the trademark office, if you get one, you have six months to respond, and if you don't respond within six months, your application will go abandoned. So again, it's a really, really smart idea to include other email addresses just so that nothing slips through the cracks. Okay, um, the last thing I'll say about docket and reference numbers, if you have a lot of docket, a lot of trademarks that are pending, or that you, if you plan to file a lot of trademarks, really, really good tool is to use docket numbers because they're basically short codes for identifying the application. So useful tool. Um, we we could not survive without docket docket numbers. So we definitely have docket numbers for all our for all our cases. Once I click continue, it's going to take me to the validation page. This is where I where I actually sign, saying that um, I understand that I'm filing a Section One B application. So. This is this can this actually trips up a lot of people because the first thing they say they, they see is based on use in commerce um, and one a this is the a so this confuses a lot of people remember when you check this box there's also an or here this is the part that's applying to us right now so we're filing an intent to use trademark application under section one b so. What this means is that we have a bona fide intention to use the mark in commerce, and we believe we're entitled to use it, and all the facts in this application are accurate. Now, the bottom three checkboxes essentially expand upon um, these items here. So that the second checkbox, and again, I'm paraphrasing. Again, I encourage you guys, if you guys are going to do this on your own, make sure you read everything and make sure you understand it. So there's an or here, 1B is going to apply to you. And then this checkbox is saying that Basically, as far as you know, no one else is using the mark already, right? Because trademark rights are based on our common law rights, which and which establish a trademark right based on actual use in commerce. So if someone else is using the mark before you, then you couldn't in good faith check this box, right? Um, assuming, assuming they were in the same class channel of goods and services, right? So again, um, one thing I want to remind you guys about is that trademark rights are based around protecting the consumer. So trademark service source identifiers. 
So if there's two marks that are in the same channel of goods and services and are very similar, then that could confuse the consumer. So that is the that is the purpose behind trademark rights. Um, now, this third checkbox is basically saying that there's factual support for everything that I say in this application. And the fourth checkbox is saying that I'm signing under penalty of perjury. So willfully false statements can be fined or can subject me to fine or imprisonment. So these are the four checkboxes. And again, um, and you have to sign the application to submit it. And if they make it really easy to sign it. All you do is just put your name within slashes. They auto-populate the date for you. For name, they, I do been doing this last name, comma, first name, initial format. Um, I, I haven't gotten the senior section uh, rejected for that, for not doing that, but something to keep in mind. Now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call myself president. If you have a title like managing member, that's a really popular title for LLCs, or some states call them governors. There's all kinds of different titles for signatory, but just make sure you have your your, um, your, your signatory name, title there. Again, phone number is not required, so I'm going to go ahead and click validate. And again, it loves to warn me whenever I don't input phone numbers, but trying my best to keep my name off, my phone number off of spam list. So I'm sure you guys are too. So, okay. Now this is the last page before we submit. So this is the section where we actually can explain, I'm sorry, not uh, review, review to make sure that the application is completely 100% correct. So I'm going to go ahead and click input, and this is going to give me a summary of the entire application. So again, this is the mark, special form. Again, the literal element is wheel bound and the, this is a description of the mark, so it consists of the word wheelbound, and closed with an visual design of a wheel. Again, I didn't go up to the very edge this time, but I usually encourage you guys to do 944 uh, the, the largest. That way it shows up nice and clear on the register. Again, this is the owner of the mark. It's my company. Uh, we're going to, in this hypothetical, we're going to release this app in the future. And again, uh, this is the email. This is required, of course because they have to have a way of getting a hold of you and corresponding with you. And again, this is the limited liability company. And this is the part that Victoria was so helpful on with providing us with the description of what the app is going to do. So again, class nine, this covers downloadable software. And again, one B meaning that we intend to use the mark in the future, but we're not presently using the mark to sell our goods and goods or services. So again, this is the docket number, the name of correspondence and my email and Victoria's email. So again, Kyle, I encourage you guys to include your teammates and 225 because it's a TS plus. We're only doing one class of goods. Obviously, if you guys were doing two classes of goods, then it would be 450, right? So the price 225 per class. Okay. Now, again, I'm, this is my signature. This is really make it really easy. You can do a digital signature and then the application looks good to me. So I'm going to go ahead and proceed with filing. Now, one thing you'll notice is you can actually see the mark. If you click mark, it shows you a nice big image of the mark. I'm going to go ahead and click back. Um, I want to re just remind you guys of three things. So the first is that if there was any mistake in the application, you can go back to modify. And it's cool because the TS system will save your application. So, so you don't have to worry about re-entering anything. Okay, all this is going to remain here. You can actually go back to the very beginning and all the information will be saved as you go forward. So you don't have to worry about losing any information. So you can go back and make changes if you want to add a comma, add a period. Like, so if something's missing, it's really, really easy to, to do that. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing I want to remind you guys of is, is it, um, you can always save the form. If you click save form, 
it'll save a .obj file, and you can use that .obj file to file in the future. So you can upload that .obj file, and it will essentially almost like restore your whole session. So you don't have to like go in and input every single bit of information all over again. So useful tool. If, for example, I'm not 100% on filing today, I could save it, talk to Victoria about it offline, and then come back tomorrow, upload it, and it'll be a breeze to file because all the information is already uploaded. Now, last thing I want to point out is that they provide three really, really, really important bits of information. These are, this notice is actually really important. The first notice is saying that there's no refund. So once you submit the application, you cannot change the mark itself, okay? You can change other things like the description of goods. You can't, you theoretically can't broaden the description of goods and services, but you can, you can correct most things. The one thing you cannot correct though is the actual mark itself. So if I file this application today, then talk to Victoria about it. And she's like, you know what? I don't like the circle or I want, I, like, why didn't she draw spokes in there, Amir? Or like, where, you know, if, if she, if for some reason the mark isn't, isn't, 100% what we wanted to file, we could not fix that. You'd have to file a whole new application. So it'd be a whole another $225. So just keep that in mind. Um, and again, there's no, you, you can't get a refund. So you're basically, you lost your money and you have to refile. All right. The second thing is that there's no right to confidentiality. So as I've, as I've said, everything that becomes that you file in this application is going to become public as soon as you hit submit and pay. So that's something to keep in mind. The third thing is that because everything is public, there's companies out there, unfortunately, that's, that that mine new applicants and then send them junk mail to try to scam them out of payments that they don't actually have to make. So I highly encourage you to go to this. Oh, whoops! To go to this particular page and just check it out because they have a lot of they're called misleading notices, but they have a lot of samples. And again, these are just scams. They look very real but they're basically just trying to scam you out of money that you do not have to pay. So they look very legitimate, but they're not. Um, so just keep that in mind. And uh, of course, the trademark office is in Alexandria, but please, Alexandria, Virginia, but please note, they're not gonna send you any correspondence uh, by by mail. It's all, it's all email, uh, except for obviously for the registration certificate at the very, very end of the process. So. Yeah, keep that in mind. And again, if you guys are unsure, you can always go to this page and look up the name of the sender. And more than likely, they're going to be on this on this list because the trademark office has done a really, really good job of keeping track of all these different companies out there. All right. So once I check the box, I can now submit. So this is these are the three statements that I've that I'm understanding. So I'm going to go ahead and click the check the check the box, um, and I'm going to go ahead and click submit. So once I click pay submit. It's going to take me to a payment page where it's going to allow me to input my credit card information to pay the 225. So once I pay the, the 225, um, my application will have been filed. And just so you guys understand, once I click pay, I'm going to, it's going to take me to another page. It's going to let me download the application and it's going to provide me with a serial number. That serial number is going to be attached to the application throughout the entire process. And even after the, mark is registered on the principal register. So just keep that in mind. That serial number is really useful <clears throat> because you can at any time go to tsdr.uspto.gov and check up on the status of your trademark application. So really useful tool, guys. Um, the last thing I wanted to say was that um, you're also going to get an email. So everyone is going to on that correspondence chain is going to get an email with the application. And some people call that the filing receipt because it has the filing date and the serial number tied to the application. So 
That's how you guys can go about filing a trademark application for your logo on your mobile app before you release. So again, this is a section 1B application, how you do a TS plus application. So you save 50 bucks, but you're limited to the canned entries provided by the TS plus system. So just keep that in mind. So this is episode 66. Again, we're bringing you guys a lot of awesome content. If you guys have questions, just send them to Victoria. Um, she's at Victoria to DBIP.com, Victoria to DBIP.com. And uh, we also have a pretty cool uh, phone number. If you guys want to reach out to us, join, join our community number. It's 415-943-5193, 415-943-5193. I'd love to send you guys texts and you guys text me questions. I will get them answered here on the show. So thank you so much. And look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow for episode 67.